We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is, this is, this is, this is. Heat, heat beat, heat beat, heat beat. With Giancarlo Navas and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. With me today, we have co-founder, Brian Goins. We have Leif. We have, uh, Terrison, should I call you Team Petty President now? Is that how you like to be referred to? Yeah, that's fine. That's perfectly okay. Because okay. you used to be Heat Beat OG because you were uh, our first official hire. But now you're, you're Team Petty President. I've graduated. You've graduated. Your promotion. And Ethan Skolnick of the Miami Herald Woo! and 7 the Ticket. Ethan, you're a whale. You we are, made it. Yeah, you're a whale. <laughs> Mama, we made I it. Took less, I took less money to come here. That's good. I'm just like, they, I'm just like Riley wants to rant. It's the, it's the culture, Ethan. Go. It's the culture. Ethan's are it's, That's what I heard. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. He beat lifers. All right. He, yes. <laughs> Jason Leisure was our minimum contract guy. You know, he was our first signing. And then, you know, we, 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 uh, we had Gord Sedano. Yeah, that's a 10-day contract and a minimum yeah, yeah. deal in that order. No, it's even <laughs> yeah. better, yeah. Izzy on the mini-mid level, and you're our, you're a whale. Max. Uh, much appreciated. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I really want to start off with a Birdman story, because we have this really crappy tradition of all the beat writers telling us their best Birdman story, and I kind of wanted to play for you Izzy's uh, story, because it was fantastic. There was one time I was in there. And um, this was last year, actually. I think it was the beginning of last year or late in the previous season. But he was clearly feeling pretty comfortable with his time there. And it was after a game. He's all dressed, ready to go. And he's got some sort of hunting knife on him. I don't know. Knives, I don't know. Yeah. And so he kind of just like, I forget to who it was. It was one of the younger players. He kind of just like 
sort of very discreetly like kind of pulled it out and like threatened him real quick and then slid like- it right back in his pocket. Something like that, right? And uh, I looked around because there was about, you know, 10, 15 media members in there. I looked around like, nobody else saw that? Okay. And so uh, I told somebody else about it and they were just like, yeah, that sounds about right. Now, Izzy's winning for best Birdman story. Ethan, do you have anything better than that? Oh, boy. Um, do I have anything better? I mean, I've got a lot of them in the locker room, but but the one that sticks out is I kind of made in my Facebook profile picture is, you know, we used to do this thing at the court for Fox Sports Sun where we would have to, uh, you know, they'd ask us questions, whatever. I forgot what we called it. It wasn't hot sex with Jax. That was something else. But uh, a beat, beat right a round table or something like that. And so I would you'd do it on the court, but typically it was really loud there. And they would have us do it uh, while the players were coming out to warm up. So Birdman kind of figured out that I was out there a lot. And so what he would do is he would wait till I was on camera and then he'd come over uh, behind me while I was on camera and not just video bomb me, but literally paw in my ear uh, while I was trying to, uh, while I was trying to hear, while I was trying to hear Ted Ballard give me instructions about where he was supposed to talk. So, so he would do it in one ear and then he would do it in the other ear. And then the, uh, so the next time I was in there, I actually, I couldn't find any bird seed. Uh, but I brought uh, sunflower seeds and gave it to him uh, while, while he was on the court. So, yeah, I mean, I, there, there are a lot of stories with him in the locker room, but uh, yeah, what, him busting on us was always the best. I mean, he literally uh, nearly broke my ribs once when I was coming in the locker room and he what? just like he arm barred me. Yeah, he just arm barred me. And he's like, hey, brother. And just, just did that. And he started screaming the Stitches song in my face. Um, all, 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 always good times uh, with, with the Birdman. Ever a more colorful athlete that you've covered? I mean, he's just, everybody that talks about him, that has covered him, glows about him. Yeah, he's actually a pretty good dude. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, I was, you know, afraid of him at first. Um, uh, you know, I think as most people would be. But yes. I, I think, you know, o- over time, I mean, you, you could develop a pretty good uh, relationship with him. I mean, he knew he was getting traded at the end. Like, I mean, he kept telling me all the different colors he was painting his condo because he needed to get it ready because he knew <laughs> that they were going to be dumping him. They were going to be dumping him for luxury tax reasons. But uh, no, I, not not a lot of them. I mean, they've had some people go through there. I mean, Bees is a category all his own. Um, oh, you know, uh, Mark, Mark Blunt and Lauren Woods, for different reasons, were <laughs> a little out there. Rafer Alston uh, could Skip. be a little nuts. I mean, there there are a bunch of them. But uh, no, I mean, as far as as far as Birdman goes, I, I think uh, I, I think it stands out because he was a significant player for them too. Like. You know, I mean, he, he, you know, if you look at what their record was, what was it like 37 and three after they acquired him um, that year? I mean, he was a significant player, but he fit into their team culture really well. And, and I actually think that was one of the reasons they functioned so well was because it's like whenever anybody there was having a bad day, like there was Birdman acting like a, you know, <laughs> crazy person. So well, I think that was, that, that was a big part of it. Ethan, I'm glad you brought up the team culture thing because something that I've argued and I think, I think a lot of you, Leif and Harrison, don't agree with me on this, is that the Heat preach this family, right? They preach Heat Lifer, this family, we're, we're a familial thing. And Chalmers, and even Birdman, I guess to a lesser extent, they were guys that they dumped for tax reasons. And I was always curious on how that was perceived with the players, how this organization is talks about family, 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 and then they dump a guy in Chalmers for tax purposes 
who is has grown up with this team. Yeah, it, it's it's an interesting dynamic. It's why I hated the whole um, hashtag Heat Lifer thing that the Heat endorsed. Uh, because it, it is, it's a business, ultimately, and you're going to have to make business decisions. And you can cite a lot of examples where they're better than most organizations, but there are a lot of guys who left who weren't happy for one reason or another, and Mario was furious. I mean, just that last week, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I heard the MF word uh, talking to him. If these MFers don't give me <laughs> some information. Um, he, I mean, he was pissed, like, the last week. He didn't want to go public with it. But he was hearing stuff from other people. And, you know, I, I will say that, like, he, he knew that he was on the block and he known it for a while, but I think he felt he deserved better at the end. Um, as far as Chris Anderson goes, I, I think I think Birdman kind of understood the deal. Um, and he had, you know, he felt he could be playing, should be playing. But I also think he knew there was sort of going to be a finality to it. I don't know if Mario ever really fully came to grips with it. You know, I think he thought he was too, I mean, this is, part, you know, Mario's confidence. <laughs> he felt he was too vital a cog uh, to get rid of. I'm the piece. You know? They need me. Plus, plus, right. plus. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a large degree. But, but here's the thing about it, though, is that, okay, so who were the players that were going to complain most about Mario? Well, the guys he was closest to on the team were Haslam and Wade because a lot of the other guys had gone, right? And then he developed a relationship with Amari and there were a couple of others. But, I mean, Dwayne, it, it was hard for Dwayne to speak out against it because part of the reason that they had to sort of sacrifice Mario was because Dwayne got his $20 million in the offseason. And so Dwayne knew that there were potential consequences because he knew the team wanted to get into the tax. So it was hard for Dwayne to really jump out there. And as far as Udonis goes, look, Udonis has a lot of frustrations that don't surface for the public, um, you know, and, uh, you know, for the most part. But... Uh, he's not going to speak out publicly against the organization. So there really wasn't anybody to step in there for Mario in any way. And, and I, I think, you know, I don't know if that bothered Mario or not. He hung out with the team at Charlotte and all that. But I think what bothered him was that he didn't feel like anybody with the organization was communicating with him and telling him what was going on. And he was finding it out from Mark Stein reports. And, and players don't like that very much. Isn't that kind of funny how the Heat were mad because LeBron was doing something similar with not communicating? Well, yeah, I, I mean, different. if you have players, I understand it's no, different. No, it's, it, 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 no, it's really not that different, actually. I, you know, the reality is, okay, that, uh, like I said, the Heat organization is better than most in this regard, and there is continuity. What they just did for David Fisdale is pretty incredible. I mean, say, you know, Spolster setting up a war room at the Ritz-Carlton so they could have 24 hours to bring in people to educate him about Memphis' team and how his style would fit. Like, that doesn't happen in other places. But with that being said, um, you know, teams are cutthroat about this stuff. And, you know, so, yeah, the Heat was furious about LeBron not texting back or turning off his phone. But LeBron, to a certain degree, does that because LeBron is about empowerment. And LeBron's whole thing, and this is, he expressed this when he came back on Christmas that first year, you know, like, you know, why is it not a problem when teams trade players, but it's a problem when, when players make free agent decisions. And so it's not just LeBron that sees the hypocrisy of that. It's not just the Heat. That's every organization. Um, you know, trust me, the other guys that you guys think of very highly as he lifers, they think it too. They just are not going to say it publicly. And ultimately they've made a decision that staying in Miami is the best thing for them for a variety of reasons. Part of it is their stability with the heat, but part of it uh, has nothing to do with that. Well, Ooh, I, I would just chime in. Yeah. I'd love to piggyback off of, um, staying in Miami, uh, Ethan, this is Leif. Um, 
I, so I've often talked about when, when hunting for said whale, that the possibility would be, uh, in order to keep a guy like Hassan Whiteside, that Dwayne would be um, open to the idea that many have uh, thrown around the idea of him taking a reduced salary for one year and then getting a balloon payment back to him the following season. Um, how do you do you think that I'm crazy when I, I go I on do. Twitter rants about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do I think you're crazy? I don't think you're crazy. I, I'll say this about Dwayne and the Heat: I don't believe them when they say there's not parameters already worked out. I know there's a lot of double negatives in there. I, I, I think, look, they, they, didn't have, they didn't have a conversation last summer and not discuss what was going to happen the following summer. Uh, okay, they can't talk about it publicly, obviously, but, but that conversation had to occur. And, you know, if you look at what happened last summer, basically, you know, the Arisons got the middlemen out of the room with Dwayne um, because things had gotten ugly uh, basically, and that was all real, by the way. I mean, don't let anybody tell you different. Okay, that was all real. I was sort of in the middle of it. So, you know, between Dwayne and his agent, Henry Thomas, and, and Riley, and it, it needed to be clarified. And basically what the Arisons did was they clarified it with Dwayne, um, and some of the back and forth where everybody was trying to figure out where leaks were coming from and all the rest, uh, that got cut out. And so they discussed this one-year, $20 million deal. But you're crazy if you don't think that it was discussed what they would do this year. Now, have certain things changed the equation? You know, Hassan's continued emergence and all the rest? Yes. Um, but there's a couple things with Dwayne. The, the first thing is that I believe he wants to play three more years. Um, he's never said that to me specifically, but that from the hints that I get from him, that's where I think he is. And you also have to realize that he's, he has a contract, a shoe contract with Lee Ning, that pays him a considerable amount of extra money if he plays beyond the age of 35. So if you do the math, he's going to be uh, 30, what, 35 next season. I'm not sure exactly when it kicks in, but basically if it's during the season or after the season, but it benefits him to keep playing financially. Um, the Heat's aware of that. Um, so, and obviously it, it's, it's an incentive for Dwayne. So I think he wants to play three more years. Now, can they convince him to do a one-year deal you know, and say, look, we're, we're not going to get our bail this summer, but do the one, do the one year deal. Hassan's going to do whatever Hassan's going to do. And then we'll, we'll then take care of you when the cap goes up another, whatever, 15 to 17 million next year. We go after bigger name free agents. In addition, I think it's possible. Um, you know, the question is how Dwayne feels about his health. You know, does Dwayne, is Dwayne want to, he Dwayne bet on himself this season and he won. Right. I mean, he played at a high level. He played 74 games, et cetera. Does he want to bet on himself again? Um, I think that's what it's going to come down to. But I do believe, guys, that they've had these conversations. Um, you, it's, it's not smart business to do anything else. So I, I think they've discussed it. I think the, the problem that the Heat have is if the Heat go to Dwayne and say, take less, I think the question is going to be for who? Right? Is it for Hassan? Is it for Luol Deng? Uh, you know, and you know, I don't know how tight their relationship is. Um, is it for some other free agent? That's the hard part for the Heat is convincing Dwayne to take less uh, if they need him to take a little less. When he basically says, "Look, I gave you a full season. I played at a high level. Uh, this is what I think I'm worth in the new in the new economy." I don't Ethan, see. Can you- go, Harrison. Go. Ethan, can you make me feel better and uh, tell me that the chances of Joe Johnson coming back next year are very slim? 
You hate him oh, so much. I thought you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say make me feel better. <laughs> no, he hates back. him like so no. much. I don't know why you hate him. Yeah, Whittingham knows that I have my corner, and my corner is that I don't want Joe Johnson anywhere near my basketball team next year. Well, well the reality of it is I'm not sure Joe Johnson was anywhere near this basketball team because yeah, I never saw true. him talk to another player. Um, it, it was. Dwayne. It was <laughs> A little, but not not like you would think. I saw him have a couple conversations with Dang, but I, I just never, I don't know. He, he's a guy who keeps to himself. We knew that. But every time we come in after a shoot around or after a practice, he was sitting by himself with his headphones on. Um, and he now, didn't, sometimes he didn't know Gordon's name. <laughs> well, right, Gordon, Gordon. Uh, exactly. Uh, he kept calling Gordon. It's amazing how everybody went straight to Whiteside or Gerald Green is assuming they were the players that did before they would. Gerald has played with Gordon for several years. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but uh, Hassan just calls him G. But, but uh, yeah, it, it was Joe Johnson. I just, I don't feel like he connected. But, but then again, I was told that's kind of who he is. So I don't know that it was he disliked the experience. But he was wearing a Biscayne Boys hat. Um, you know, when, when we left in Toronto after game seven. So I think the chances are slim. I think Joe still thinks of himself as a major contributor. And I don't think Miami's going to have the money for a major contributor. Um, and, and I don't know that Miami views him that way. I know Miami prioritizes Deng over him, but they know Deng's going to be more expensive. I mean, the only way I could see Joe coming back was if he took a mid-level um, and that, you know, that's, and that would basically be an under the cap mid-level, which I, probably comes in in the three and change range. Yeah. I, I don't see Joe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't see Joe taking that. Um, so I, I think that, I think you're probably safe. I, I think, I think Joe's going to move on. Um, there were, there were a bunch of teams that were interested in him. I don't think he helped his value in Miami. I don't think he killed it. So I think somebody will take a chance, but, but I, I don't think Joe Johnson, I think Joe Johnson at this point is a progress stopper to Justice Winslow and Josh Richardson. So I, I think it's more likely that he moves on. I okay. think the biggest. Thank you. The, <laughs> are you happy? Are you yeah, pleased? I, I feel a lot better. You I'm have asleep. a giant <laughs> smile on your face. You look really happy. I'm glad. Yeah. He's, he, I mean, he, oh, those games in Toronto were really tough to watch with Joe Johnson on the floor. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and I also think the thing with Joe is that. that uh, you know, if they want to play faster, they can't do it with him. I mean, it's it's just not. He said he wanted to play faster. I just don't think he's capable of doing it. And uh, you know, as much as they needed somebody to sort of stem the tide and give them shooting, I mean, Eric really does want to get up and down the floor with this group. And if they're going to keep Dragic, I, I, Dragic and Joe Johnson together just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Joe runs the the slowest high pick and roll I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I saw like, Joe. You know, but it's like he's walking. It's like he's he's walking on the pick and roll, and it's so slow. But he's actually try- like it's so weird. You know, like Goran and and Joe Johnson are. Uh, you know, they definitely. I wouldn't say they mix so great, but Goran and Luol Deng really complement each other well. And and you could see that that when when one played well, usually the other one would play well. So um, just considering the finances that we are faced with. It's tough to figure out how the heck you're going to keep Dang or replace his skill set. Um, so, I mean, I, I throw it out to Harrison, obviously, Ethan, Gianni, Brian. Like, what is how, – how are you going to tangibly improve the roster going into next year, or is it really growth from within? I, I don't think – I think it's – No, go, no, go ahead. No, no, you're, you're the well, guest. I, the guest always I, has priority. <laughs> 
Okay, no, no problem. It's unless it's leisure. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, I, <laughs> he nailed it. I, um, I, you know, I would say this. I, I think it's mostly going to be growth from within. But I, look, with Lou, Lou's complicated um, for a few reasons. One is, yeah, he and Dragic are like bosom buddies. So I mean, they dungeon and you know, dungeon and dragon as they started calling themselves. <laughs> That's so that lame. On Twitter. Well, now, Ethan, I want to uh, want to stop you for a second. And why do why do guys on this team can like consistently think of the lamest things ever like that uh, well, well, just because Whiteside went with the worst of three million nicknames that were sent in <laughs> Dwayne calling uh, him three like why is everybody so lame uh, well Dwayne's wow was the worst ever so nothing's <laughs> ever going to make yeah, it you're right. worse than that oh, oh, total crass marketing slogan where even LeBron was killing him over it um <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean, look, the thing with Dang is he, he and Tragic are really tight. Um, and, and, you know, like Dwayne would laugh at how tight the two of them were. I, I think Lou loves Miami. Um, he likes certain aspects of the organization. He was uh, not thrilled with his usage for a long period of time, and he wasn't thrilled either with what happened at the end. Like, he was really happy for two months, and then – not so much at the end. Um, he felt that it got stagnant again and all the rest. So, I, you know, it, it's tough. I, I wouldn't, like, lose public comments, I, I would sort of take with a grain of salt. Um, I haven't gotten a, a real good gauge on exactly what he, what his desire is. Um, I do know that for a little while it looked like he wouldn't be a $10 million player again, and now I think he projects closer to $12 million probably per year in the open market, maybe more. Um, and I don't know how that math works. I mean, unless you can dump McRoberts and you've got 46, you know, if you have 46, could you get all three of them back? If you can convince Hassan to take, say, 18 uh, with a no-state tax and the fact that he can be close to DJ Khaled, um, <laughs> I, I think which is basically what you're doing. Uh, I think if you, can get him, if you get him to take 18 and you could get Dwayne, but Dwayne's going to want, every dollar that Hassan gets, at least for the first year. So you're looking at 18 and 18. So what do you have left? 10 for Lou? Is that going to be enough? enough? I mean, if they I, lock I him up long term. Tibbs is going to, he's going to pitch the weather in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> you think Lou's going to go back there so he can get run into the ground again? No, but he loves well, he Tibbs. He still loves Tibbs. No, it, it, it's funny. The perception of his relationship with Tibbs is not the reality. He, he doesn't blame Tibbs at all. Like, he blames the Chicago doctors for what happened to him. Uh, he constantly – like, I had a lot of conversations with him about Tibbs. He still loves Tibbs. Like, he, he didn't understand why Chicago did what it did. Uh, he, and and he, he's a guy who feels like he plays better when he plays more minutes. Here's the other thing to consider about Minnesota, the largest Sudanese population in the United States. So, wow. yeah, there's the weather thing, but Lou also, um, you know, he cares about that stuff, and I, I just think that they're going to make a push for him. I think there's other teams. Like, I, I was talking about this on the air today. Like, okay, so if Golden State loses Harrison Barnes, right, or they decide not to sign He's him, perfect. to me, their first call would be Nick Batum, if you put the Durant uh, thing with it. But Luol Deng in, in Golden State, with all that cutting and movement, um, would be would be really, really good. So, you know, I I think there's going to be a lot of options for him. They're going to make it very challenging to bring him back. I just feel like Miami really needs to keep him, not only because of the shooting, which they're lacking, but because they do play in the East. And the East has a lot of wing guys that they're going to need to defend, particularly in Cleveland. And he's a guy that does a good job mm-hmm. with LeBron. 
and and oh, no the, him at the four. No yeah, doubt. so I think for them it's imperative considering who they're going to be playing and who what they're competing against. No, there's no question. If we talk about not bringing Joe Johnson back, either, no, either. Hold on, wait. This happen. happens. This happens all the time. That I stop and I stare at blank faces on Skype, and everybody looks back at me, and it's the most lonely feeling I ever have. <laughs> I stop and I think, okay, somebody's going to say something, well, and everybody I'm, just stares I'm always back. quick to. I'm always quick to chime in, so I'm trying to give everyone else an opportunity to speak. Well, you see what happens. I'm on an is... island by myself. My teammates suck, dude. I feel like LeBron right now. My teammates aren't helping me. Nothing's going well. I am just as long as what? I'm not. They're dribbling the ball in circles like Kyrie. That's basically what's happening. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And one, and one of them's concussed. All right. I, yeah. You're, 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 yeah. You're basically Cleveland. Wait. Who got? Who got concussed? <laughs> That's me. Love. Oh, you're. When last night? He's yeah. He's a protocol. Listen, full disclosure. I had I came back from Europe yesterday and I could not make it through that game, especially how bad that first quarter was. Wait, but let's. I mean, um, obviously, free agency is going to be tough this offseason, But doesn't it make the Heat look better every time LeBron fails? Like people make fun of Team Petty and the fact that we're mad that LeBron right. left to go back to an owner to go back to an owner that likes doing fart jokes on their coaches, but. Um, I mean, the, Miami looks better the more that LeBron looks like completely devastated out there. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I'm not, I'm not going to kill hashtag Team Petty. You guys can have it; it's yours. And, You're one uh, of us, it, man. You're certainly one of strong. Us. And, and, and well, Whittingham is. I, I'm. Uh, I, I have to play both sides of this, but I'll, I'll say this about uh, about that comment. You're right. I mean, in the sense that. It does look like the structure that LeBron had, and we talked about this at the show today, too. Like, I think there are reasons he was a better shooter in Miami. I think the fact that a much larger percentage of his shots are assisted, uh, were assisted when he was in Miami than are in Cleveland, um, I think plays to the, the rhythm issue with him. And I think he's always been a rhythm jump shooter, and that, I think, has gotten him in trouble in Cleveland. So I do think that's part of it. Um, but... You know, does it make them look better? I think to a degree. I don't think the national media picked up on that narrative, unfortunately, for the Heat. So I don't know necessarily that it gets the pull, that it gets sort of the pop that it should. But I think I'm trying. The Heat looks better I'm trying. to LeBron now. You know, I think the Heat looks better to LeBron, but I, I don't know that that's going to be quite enough. Uh, you know, to convince him to come back, even if in his heart he might want to. Is there longing? I, you know. I was up there a lot last year. He didn't talk to me very much about the heat. Um, the one conversation I had with him that stuck out was the day that Riley made the smiling faces with hidden agendas comment. And, you know, somebody asked him about it in a presser and I was there. I happened to be up in Cleveland. So I'd watched the press conference before I came and he pulls me aside afterwards and goes, what the bleep did Riley say now? Or what the bleep did Ryle say now? And I played it to him. And that was, I was basically like his, I, I don't know, I guess both sides were using me last year. Like LeBron was using me to find out what was going on in Miami. And then every time I'd come back, he players and coaches were asking if it was, it was as much of a bleep show in Cleveland as, as it looked like. Um, so they were both Ethan, interested you're a in human each other being. Last. They can't use you like that. Well, no, they can if they give me information that I can then use against them. Uh-huh. So that's, that's, that's how that works. E- Ethan, how how close was um, Dang and Pau Gasol 
both coming with the big three taking less money. Who wasn't on board with that scenario of the big three? Obviously, LeBron. I don't left, know. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how close Lou was. Um, I, I've heard mixed things from him and from other people about that. I can tell you that I did talk to Powell about this uh, right after it happened. Like, well, in, that that year in uh, they were in exhibition season, and, and they were playing against the Cavs in Columbus, and Bulls were, and he saw my he saw that I was from Miami. And he goes, oh, I love that city. And I said, yeah, I heard. I said, you were interested in, they were interested in you, interested in going. I said, you know, I basically asked him, did LeBron ever tell you not to come? And he said, no, but LeBron couldn't, what he basically said was LeBron couldn't tell me that he was coming back. And what Powell made it sound like was if LeBron had been there and committed, that Powell would have, would have gone or would have strongly considered going, even though it was less money. Because he he just he liked the opportunity that much and he loves the city, um, but once LeBron couldn't commit, that it was kind of it was kind of off in his mind, and you know so that's it's semantics. Like people who say LeBron told Powell not to come, that's not what Powell told me. But LeBron made it clear enough that he wasn't committed to Miami that it kind of had the same effect. Ethan, thank you so much for taking the time out to come on our show. Uh, it was very, very fun, very informative. Hope to have you on again. Absolutely. Next time with leisure, though. We have oh, oh, with, with I am oh. so down for that. Ooh, that sounds yes. like a lot of fun. Let, let's get that. Let's get that to happen because that'll be that'll okay. be a lot of fun. Thank you, Ethan. Yeah. He, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Very much. Thank you Great so night. much. So that was Ethan Skolnick doing us the pleasure uh, of joining us. He has to go put his his adorable little girl. That girl is so cute. He has her on Instagram. Puts pictures of his daughter. I'm, I'm glad you specified. I'm glad you specified where you saw the picture. <laughs> yeah, no, I had. To. <laughs> I don't want to seem like I'm creepy. Like I'm looking through Ethan's window with binoculars. Like, I can I've confirm. Got a, I've got a daughter like two weeks away, and I'm like, do I need to get Gianni off my Facebook page? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That was also that we only had 25 minutes with him, so we didn't really get to do what we I want. But like that Chalmers news was like a bombshell and Udonis not being happy for a lot of the season. Not surprising, but also kind of surprising. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mario not being happy that Mario isn't the, the other people thinking Mario isn't the best player on the court. Isn't that surprising? Well, that was, no, but the fact that he was calling the mother bleeper is like, come on, man. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I don't really like Chalmers, so I didn't. It does nothing really surprises me. That did Ethan break news, or is, is is that known? Or I think he broke news. I think we broke. Like, we I think we did important journalism, guys. Good job. Yes. I think there were a couple other moments there. Um, obviously, we don't need to break down the entire conversation because everyone just heard it. But uh, some of the Luol Deng stuff, some of the Joe Johnson being secluded from the team stuff. That's something that I had no idea about that yeah. um, I think kind of um, – and Harrison is happy for it. Smiling. Uh, Smiling. Harrison, you're <laughs> yeah. fist pumping I throughout mean, the whole show. Um, I feel so much better. You know, like this whole time I, I've kind of always thought that Joe Johnson might be a guy who would think about that uh, room exception. And if he wasn't all that thrilled, um, then maybe I'm completely way off on that. And obviously the market's going to dictate – uh, you know, what he ultimately can get. Also, the Minnesota stuff with Dang is really interesting. I didn't know that the population of people from Sudan <laughs> were yeah, uh, 
so high in Minnesota. That's really that feels like a lock now to me. Um, but I had also heard Indiana was interested uh, recently. So but, uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. Yeah, that him and Lizeron will be awesome. We have to do yeah. that. Maybe like uh, free agency time. Yeah, you think Leisure will come back, or he's just totally? I think Leisure's our boy, dude. I wanted uh, to okay. ask Ethan if he does indeed hate Alf. <laughs> no, no, Jason's very sarcastic. I don't think he. No, really no, no. I meant, I meant Ethan. Anybody. I meant Ethan. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ethan Alf. doesn't like Alf. We Alf should have asked that. We'll find out next podcast. <laughs> we didn't have time. We were running out of time. I wanted to ask because Alf thinks he hates him. But what? Heat Media Roundtable, guys. <laughs> you want to do that fun. so bad. That'd be fun. No, that was good. I mean, 25 minutes is not a lot of time, but I thought we covered a lot of stuff. So I wanted to ask him the one, but we were running out. I just, I was wondering if when he hears colleagues that he respects, you know, pick Cleveland in six or even more ridiculous Cleveland in seven, uh, do people just, I mean, that didn't make sense to me. And you're seeing it play out in the, in the finals. I don't, were you guys thinking like Cleveland had a chance or? I mean, did you hear me on the last podcast and what I said about Kevin Love? That was the best thing in the world. Yeah. And it's like, like now I've watched that for two games and I feel like I like, I'm a savant of this. Well, the (laughs) funny part is, I think it was B-Ball Breakdown posted a clip of uh, Kevin Love's last play before he checked himself out of the game with the concussion. And I watched it and I was like, it doesn't look that much different from when he's not concussed. Mm -hmm. Like he's the same. He's just as lost on defense, Mm -hmm. whether he has a a brain injury or not. What is he? Is he not playing game three? Well, he's in, they handled it poorly too because he obviously was concussed. Like you, when someone gets hit like that, you should check them immediately. They let him play, but again, his defense looks the same, concussed or not concussed, so they didn't really notice. And then he finally checked himself out of the game, and now he's in the concussion protocol, so he has to pass tests in order to come back and play. It, it, it's out of their hands now. It has, it has nothing to yeah. do with the thank God because they probably would have killed him, but. It has nothing to do with the Cavs. It's it's an NBA thing that he has to pass tests now. I saw the timetable was actually uh, two missed games. Was a report I saw from I think a USA Today reporter. He uh, went back through some of the concussions from previous seasons. So right. well, see, but but Paul George Paul George was in concussion protocol against us. You know, I think it was in the Eastern Conference Finals, and he ended up not missing any game, not missing any time. So I think it, it's so case by case because you never know how a guy's going to react, how their body reacts. So didn't, um, Clay, didn't Clay miss a game last year after he was bleeding from the ear? Yeah, yeah, I think he did. Was he that was a playoff like, game? Yes, I don't remember. But they let him, they let him play. Find so many times to bad songs. It's so funny. Yeah. Well, it's terrible because the guy played through it and then he walks out and he's bleeding from the ear and they're asking him like, oh, are you all right? And he's like, I think so. And then they're How like, you're bleeding like? from your ear. Oh, that so. Sounds like a family guy clip. <laughs> it could have been. Yeah, I mean, right. was, yeah, we, need was, to, we need to vine Kevin Love looking like an idiot on defense and then just put the audio of Leif right over it. Because <laughs> I'm sure that he's like been lost and he's like spinning if around. If anybody has the aptitude to do that, please execute it, and I will retweet it every single day for the rest of the summer. <laughs> Brash Jazz, shout out to Brash Jazz. Oh yeah, Brash. Let's ask him to do it. They're good at stuff. Who's, who's a, who's, we need a we need a video person on staff because we have a Photoshoppers. We need a video guy. It, you know, you know what I think. Um, when I have you ever seen? Oh, the shout out to uh, shout out to Ryan Rosenbaum. Is that how you say your name, uh, Brian? Ryan Rosenbaum. Ryan. He's helping Ryan. us out with the video project. That guy is awesome. So shout out to him. Continue, Leif. Hey, word up, interrupting me. Um, my bad. Yeah. 
Now I completely lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? I don't know, dude. I, I didn't want to forget, so I, I cut you <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, I, I picked it back up. So have you guys seen the NBA players read mean tweets? Oh, yes. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel does that. I, I'm pretty sure if they let if they get Kevin Love on the Twitter machine and he and he searches his name, <laughs> it's all you. They're gonna read like lefty two or three days. <laughs> I can't imagine. He's like, who's, the, who's this guy? Why does he hate me? I've I had like close friends of mine that I've I've known like my whole life call me and say like, why do you have this sick obsession with him? I'm like, really? It's all just like completely pettiness on my part i don't even hate him as a human being but it's just he's the guy they said he was better than bosh so he's the yeah. target that's what but it is it's, I, oh, kevin love has never said anything crazy it's just the fact that other people were so quickly saying that bosh was worse than love and that wade was worse than Kyrie. and man i mean I, we, look we knew those people were stupid but do they look stupid um I just can't. I mean, Kyrie looks terrible out there. I mean, just really lost. And I mean, one assist, one assist. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? I saw, I saw some Cleveland fans are already saying that they want to, you know, they got to move Kyrie for Chris Paul and Kevin Love for Melo. Who says no? Who says no to Kyrie for Chris Paul? But even that team wouldn't be very good. Yeah, it would. Like that's that's not that's not beating the Warriors. Yes, it. Okay. It might not beat the Warriors, but everything that you complete, like Chris Paul, is anti Kyrie Irving. Good well, pick and, and also, player, it, good defender, mm-hmm. tough, uh, passes the ball. Like he's just like everything. The narrative around Kyrie isn't the the know. other thing with beat the Warriors. Like, uh, and this is and this kind of ties in the way the reason why I've thought a lot about this is the whole Durant to the East thing and how that makes sense and how it doesn't. And, uh, you know, I saw some um, back and forth today. Dos Minutos was involved in some of it about like, what is the benefit of going East if OKC is actually a better basketball team than the team you join in the East? Like, is is the path to the finals really that much of a draw? And um I, I, I kind of think that it is. Um, I mean, how do you guys feel about that? I, I feel like um, with all of the, the teams that are out west and kind of Cleveland looking so shaky and, and maybe needing to do a complete overhaul like that with, with, with you know, Chris Paul and, and whatever scenario you come up with, doesn't that make the East ripe for the, for the picking? Yeah, I think. I, go, Harrison. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, why would you? You have you have Golden State out west. You have you're guessing maybe uh, you know even if it's not OKC, you have a Spurs team that'll probably come back and give it another run. I mean, they won 67 games this year, so they're still a good team regardless of uh, a quicker than what people expected exit. Yeah, I mean, the team in the East is is wherever LeBron is, honestly. So and, and also assuming Golden State, like uh, there's no, I feel like this league changes so fast. We didn't know Golden State was going to be what they are right now. Like we thought during the Big Three era that it was our time to go on a on a mini, you know, like ten year run. And you don't realize when teams pop up and as quick as they come, as quick as you know they can go. Uh, so I kind of feel like this whole notion of oh well that roster's not going to beat Golden State. It's kind of a real loser mentality because. I, I, Completely agree you don't with know that. how the you don't know how the the playoffs are going to shake out. I mean, we saw it. 
firsthand this playoffs with Steph. And um, you never know how that takes shape. And if you get a ring, you get a ring. And I don't think anybody can discredit that no matter how you get to it. So um, that's why I kind of feel like KD in the East uh, getting to the finals, there's no guarantee that he's going to meet Golden State there. So the whole notion of, well, well, that team's not going to beat Golden State anyway, I just feel like that's really um, thinking too much in a box. Leif, I completely agree with that. And, and it's why I kind of think that the narrative of coming East is something that's super appealing to Durant because when you think about the Spurs, they're a team that lost two years ago in the first round and this year in the second round. A team like Golden State is is something that when Livingston leaves, when Iguodala gets a little older, Harrison Barn leaves, they're suddenly not the same team anymore. And Oklahoma City has been in every Western Conference Finals since they got good, uh, except for the two years that Westbrook got hurt and Durant got hurt. Right? So outside of injury, they have been in the Western Conference Final every single year. They can beat anybody, and they just showed you that they took Golden State to seven games, if not for a kind of historic collapse in which if Durant makes a couple shots at the end of game six, or, you know, if like that, that margin was so thin that I think that narrative of going east is like something that's incredibly appealing. I think Durant has some self-awareness to say this team that I'm on is really good, and... But- I, I have to I, I have to ask you guys a question because you're arguing two different things, right? Like, I think we all agree that going east is easier, but if Golden State can be beat, then why wouldn't you just build the best team wherever you can build it, right? Because you're arguing you're arguing two separate things. You're saying, like, east is the easier path, but don't have the loser mentality that you can't beat Golden State, right? Like, if Durant thinks his best chance is with OKC again, then he stays in the West and he battles because he thinks, wow, if I had made two more shots at the end of Game 6, or if Clay Thompson didn't go nuclear, we're beating LeBron in the Finals right now. So, I guess my point is not that you should be worried about Golden State because even though they are a generational team and they are great, they can be beaten, um, and they eventually will. I think the key is to build the best team where you can, and then from there, you battle. Like, and and that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm like I'm I'm agreeing, but I I think that the team that they have now is really good. Well, and then then Gianni, you just were contradictory to everything that I was going for there, because he obviously is on a team that uh, probably is going to have the most talent in OKC. I just kind of thought of it from the standpoint of one. Um, the regular season is easier uh, to build a team with a with a better record. Um, for possible home court purposes, but also uh, it's like in the West that you have a chance of having to play the Clippers, the Spurs, and the Warriors consecutively to get to a finals appearance, whereas in the East um, you could play, you know, but the teams how worried that are, are you going to be about the Clippers with a team where Chris Paul is aging uh, quickly and a guy that size it's difficult for a guy that size to play at a high level for that long well and I, I just said the Clippers but I just mean more that you are like even the Portland series was a very competitive series for Golden State like you're gonna have like Minnesota is gonna be one of those teams very soon especially with Luol Dang next to Carl Anthony Towns so, are we already like, like assuming that Lou's <laughs> gone is that it is he gone I mean that's, he what, that's what I took from that information hashtag he gone yeah. 
I mean, unless, unless, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, just from the salary, it looks like he might be gone because you can't imagine Wade and Whiteside taking a lot less to fit they in. They need to keep yeah. him. They I know, I know. But, but Winslow, though. But I think, yeah, I mean, Winslow's going to have to step up. They're going to need a lot more from Josh Richardson. Winslow like, ain't. Winslow's, like, I love Justice Winslow, and I'm and I think he's going to be very good, and I'm a huge fan. But he is but not Luol Deng. No, but he's not Luol Deng. Like, well, right no. now, he could, he could well, be. He's yeah, going to do that next year. I'm pretty sure that they are going to have to rely on him to start next season. And then the question becomes, who do you put next to him? What, what guy is going to take a one-year prove-it deal at a low number that fits? That, that yeah, because of, yeah, you need a stretch big that can shoot. Correct. I mean, that's correct. Jared so like who, and right, who does that that can also even remotely buy into the defensive concepts of being on a string the way that we play? So right, it, it, it's a really tough, um, it's tough to figure out how, that's why initially I said, well, maybe the most sense is Joe Johnson and Justice Winslow. And I know Harrison hated when I tweeted that, but um, like, I just was trying to figure out a way of even putting together a, a, a forward combo that makes any sense when you have such limited resources like we do. And I really don't think that you can mail in a year. I know that we're all thinking about 2017 and the Bosch thing was something we didn't get to with Ethan, which I would love to expand upon maybe next time. But um, like that's really the off season where we're going to be able to make any leap uh, and, and unless a whale commits this off season. So it's just how, how do you get through that year with a patchwork four um, that can shoot? Or I guess you could have a patchwork three that could shoot. Um, maybe Jared Dudley, someone like that. But uh, I mean, what's the ceiling on a team with Jared? Did, did Dudley? you hear what he? Well, no, Jared Dudley's really good. Did you hear what he said about coming to Miami? Yeah, 2% body fat. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. Jared Dudley has such a fat face. <laughs> and yeah. he just tweeted someone wanted it. A Boston fan wanted to come to the Celtics. He said he wasn't taking a six million. He wants to get paid. He's going to make a lot of money in the offseason, especially shooting 45% from three. That's really, really uh, some good shooting. At Jared Dudley's about that money, bro. Yeah. I think Leif, I think this season is is – Kind of going to be, a, unfortunately, a continuation of this second half of this season where you're kind of making it work with what whatever we can put together. And listen, we were a game from the Eastern Conference Finals with everything that we went through, with an injury to Hassan, um, you know, with Winslow playing great defense but not really being able to shoot, uh, with Richardson possibly hitting the, the rookie wall. So and Dwayne's numbers were not this astronomical otherworldly thing that he can't reproduce. Like he had some really big games, but if you look at his numbers for the playoffs, they're they're very good, but they're reproducible. So that was very real. What happened, Richardson? No, Dwayne. Uh, I'm Dwayne saying that, like, yeah, not I mean, his Dwayne, playoff sorry. averages were pretty close to his season averages. If I looked yeah. at it correctly, you're right. Yeah, so it's not like he did something that he cannot reproduce, and that's why they got that far. Except the threes. Yeah, I don't so, know. I I could see Wade shooting thirty three percent from three if he really like wanted to work on it for an for an off season. I, I think he so. Just never really has. But the good thing about him shooting threes is that he can shoot them off the dribble. Now, what he's going to need to work on is catch and shoot, which I do think is going to help other parts of his game, right? Because he doesn't really do a lot of catch and shoot mid range jumpers, so. If he learns to catch and shoot threes, maybe that translates to other things on the court, and he can kind of start transitioning to off the ball with Goran up top. 
Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything everything kind of, you know, with the Bosch injury again this year was terrible, and then Hassan with the knee injury in the Toronto series, and we were a game out from facing Cleveland, and... You know, even though I don't think we would have beaten them, uh, we would have we would have fought hard, man. They're not, you know, they're a fragile team. You can see it already. They're already crying after a couple games, and I don't think there's that many teams in the East that are going to rise up. I mean, you know, Boston can get better if they add some players. I think Toronto's going to end up losing more players than bringing them in. Probably DeRozan and Biombo are both gone. Maybe they'll max out DeRozan, but I don't think that helps them. Yeah, Biombo, um, yeah, Biombo's gone. And I can't remember who was that good in the East. The Hawks don't worry me. They're uh, Horford's gone, and Teague might be on the way out. They look like Paul George. Yeah, Miles, the Pacers, Miles Turner, the, maybe. Yeah, the Pacers are are a are a team that could be a top four uh, seed next year. But they don't uh, scare you. No. Maybe um, the Magic. That's, that's my point. Like, if the listen, life if the Heat are competitive again and can make another run in the playoffs, like. What more can you really ask for? You know, we, we got so spoiled with LeBron here for four years, just thinking we're supposed to be in the finals every year. That's hard, and it's not that it's not re, it's not that reproducible. Reproducible? I don't know. Yeah, that sounds yeah. yeah. So no, I totally agree with you, and I'm I'm the last person to be negative Heat fan. That's not where I was really going here. It's just when you look Way at go, Leif. It, I mean. Uh, if Dang is uh, is out and Joe Johnson is out and Winslow is starting, like and McRoberts is being traded because we need extra flexibility, um, or maybe he's not. Like, look at the look at your depth at wing and what is the most important position in basketball right now? It's probably on the wing, whether it be defense. It's it's having length, uh, and so I just when you look at the roster right now. Uh, you're going to have to really either see some big concessions made by uh, by Dwayne or by a combination of all the guys or like what do you really have at wing depth behind Justice Winslow? I mean, I almost feel like you have to because you have Tyler Johnson and you have Briante Weber and it, people talk about – I know Alfred would be screaming Benno right now if he was on the podcast – um, but like who you got to move Josh Richardson to the backup three. Like, like what are you doing to have any level of depth at the wing spots to get through a season? Carol green. I mean, I'd be right. <laughs> Leif, I have not listened to a word you said, which I'm sure it was very smart and important <laughs> because I think I just discovered the dirtiest secret on Twitter. Kevin Dast is only followed by Heat Twitter. It's just us. I don't follow him. But you but know I who know. he is, right? Oh, I know. yeah, I know him well. He's not only the only one that follows him. I see all of his tweets. He he does Twitter really well, actually. No, I, mean, he, I, know, I know he's a troll, but it's like no one from Cleveland follows him. It's just oh, okay. Heat Twitter people. I think it's a Heat Twitter person that... No, I think it is too, but like, I, I thought like maybe like it's some boom. dumbass... Yeah, it's it's ninety percent. Like it's probably there's two of them though. There's two accounts. No, yeah, there's, there's a parody one. Okay, a parody of a parody. And, yeah, and this guy is because I'm going through his followers and I'm like, man, he's only followed by he Twitter, and I I just thought that was funny. Was that really I, bad way to interrupt? I, I mean, 
it, it yeah. just kind of sucked that you didn't listen to anything I said for that for that guy. Like, I know dude, that, it was that, so bad because so I much was about what you mean. No, nah, like, just what I mean to this whole thing. Do you I, know, I feel I'm basically Mario Chalmers right now, and I you know yeah you mother bleeper you mother bleepers. Are you gonna DM Ethan and call me a mother bleeper? Yeah, yeah. Leif gets <laughs> Leif gets our special guest. He's spitting knowledge, and Giancarlo is in his own world thinking about Kevin Dads. At least I wasn't watching anime, dude. Well, we know we know that's next. So no, to answer, uh, Leif, I think they're gonna have to try to find bargain contracts, whether they're the mid level or uh, guys that want to come and play for the minimum. That's I think some of the I think you'll see a few more D League guys that make the roster. Uh, maybe what's his name? It's Whitting. Whitting. Greg Whittington. Yeah, Greg Whittington. Yeah, Greg, Greg that's, Whittington. That's, that's Jack's boy, dude. He's great. I mean, there, there's yeah, some I good like D League guys. Uh, that can stretch the floor and rebound and defend and um, Willie Reed. That's what I was. Yeah, yeah I mean, is he free? I love he's Willie restri- Reed. He's a restricted oh, Willie Reed. They need to sign George Gutierrez just because he like, dude. That sounds like a guy that wants to be in Miami Who's from that? Charlotte. Who? The guy in Charlotte. Jorge That's- Gutierrez. Yeah, George Gutierrez, guard, six three. Who? He doesn't shoot threes though. I thought he shot threes. I just looked at his uh his three point percentage and it's uh seventeen percent. You're having a rough uh, post European co- uh, podcast, man. I'm so tired. Go to bed. <laughs> I'm so I couldn't go to work today. I tried to go to work and I was so jet lagged. I couldn't. Do you guys watch Arrested Development? Who? No. Is, is that is that an anime? No. No one watches anime. Does it have a dub? I mean, you ruined this podcast. You ruined the chat earlier. This is worse than the podcast. I did not ruin the chat. Okay, Kristen. Okay, listen. For the audience that doesn't know, we have a we have a Hebe group chat. No, don't do this. Please do not do this. No, stop right here. What? No, but you guys are making fun of me for talking about feminism when somebody asked me a question. Oh, I'm a huge feminist, man. But man, you just were like, that's not. We were. There was no. That wasn't the time or the place. That was a separate chat. My time had come. No, you got on a huge soapbox and no one wanted you on. And Alf wanted to kill himself. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. It, it's it's a time and place thing. It's a time and a place thing. What do you guys <laughs> think of Martin Williams or Eric Gordon? They're really deals. expensive. On prove it deals, you think? Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon might be a prove it deal kind of guy. Marvin Williams had a really nice year before he before he played us in the playoffs. He he, uh, he played well, and Eric Gordon's gonna make money because he can shoot. I think they're going to go for Anthony Tolliver just so that they don't have to play him. Yeah, I, I actually I, would be I would be open to having I'm him. Totally open to two spots for real scrub heat killers on just on oh, the bench. Yeah, Is uh let me see if um if if um We should just sign Marcus Thornton to make sure he doesn't play against us. Yeah, I was like is he a free agent? I'm yeah, he is. Wayne Ellington is unrestricted. Yeah, true, Wayne, Wayne Ellington. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, maybe three spots. We can go with twelve guys. We we don't need those three guys playing against us. Lance Stevenson. Lance to make y'all dance. Um, they've they've showed interest in him before. Who Lance? Yeah. 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 I wouldn't be surprised. That is a guy that might take a low number on a prove it deal. And Riley called him first, or at least Dan said Riley called him first. Um, the summer that LeBron left. That was the first guy that he reached out to, which kind of <laughs> I don't know if Riley just told he, Dan that because he's like, that'll make me look like I'm just <laughs> hating LeBron because I got oh Roberts and then Lance. So it's hard to know how much of that is true. 
But I, I want to throw something at you guys quickly. I know that uh, we're getting close here, but um, if and I know that we've talked at length about Chris Bosh not playing or playing. If he does come back, do you start him alongside Hassan or is he our backup center? What do you do? They play together. Yeah, yeah you start him and then you quickly uh, go to the bench with someone else, maybe four minutes in. You just uh, got to stagger the minutes uh, the way he – yeah, you can. You can stagger. No, the no. Minutes. I'm saying that you you can't, you cannot re-sign Hassan and then tell him you're coming off the bench. Like, oh yeah, no, I knew that wasn't an option. I'm more was exploring the Bosch off the bench role. But I it, guess uh, I know. I think, I'm no, kind of talking out loud here. But if you have Whiteside and Winslow as your two in the front court, Bosch just launching threes may be our best option, actually. <laughs> Yeah. No, but I said on the it was either the last of the podcast before that you sign Hassan regardless just for the trade value because there's not that many guys out there that you could sign anyway. So if Hassan left and you were left with that money, you're not bringing in anyone that you know is that amazing with the money. So you sign Hassan and you hope that if Bosch is healthy, you hope the two of them can play together. Uh, I think it was getting better before Bosch went down. I think a lot of the the numbers were at the beginning of the season they were having trouble playing together, but. Um, the better that the the more that Hassan screened and the better he got at those, the the team got better, and I think that has a lot to do with uh, them not being able to play as well together. Was Hassan Hassan the first Hassan the second half of the season was so much better than Hassan the first half of the season. But I think if the two of them play together, I think they have to change the way they want to play, and the one that suffers there is Goran Dragic, because. Yeah. I think if they're going to play two bigs, they can they can very definitely be a slow it down team. Have Dwayne up top, run heavy pick and rolls. Have Bosch weak side. Have Hassan roll. Like they can they can make this work as a defensive unit, right? So they just play really slow, and they play really 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 defensively. But then you have you're paying Goran all this money to be bad, right? Because he's not a spot up shooter and he can't maneuver with those guys in the paint. So I guess. But I mean, you, you, Riley challenged him, and he said, "Sometimes you got to figure out how to make create offense without space, because you know teams take things away from them." Riley called Gore, out Goran's and, thirty and, years and, old, man. Like, like Goran um, can't change the way. Like you, you signed Goran to be Goran. Now a bunch of circumstances happen, and you cannot go to Goran because we can't convince a guy to come off the bench. You're you're screwed. Like I mean, I don't Ethan know. said Spo wants to play fast. So if you think about that, uh, it's like how I I just that makes me feel even more um, confused at how you're going to make Whiteside, Bosch, Winslow, Dragic and Wade work as a unit. And maybe I'm overthinking it. And luckily, it's only June 6. But, um, you know, I just think that's something to, you know, as we wrap up, it's something to chew on. Yeah, but I I also think that. that listen, I mean, they signed Goron. They want to make it work with him here. But like I've been saying the whole time, I think they give Goron one more year, and if it's not working, they'll trade him next off season because he has value, especially with the cap rising twice in two seasons. Who's so, gonna want in two years? He's gonna in, in a year. He's gonna be thirty one years old, making a lot of money. He's a, he's a no, young thirty. He's not he's, making a lot of money. That's the whole thing. Mike Conley is gonna be making twenty seven million dollars while he's making you know eighteen. 18. But Something see, like what I what I think's happening is I think a lot of the teams that would want to take a guy like that are going to be good teams, right? Uh, teams that are, are, are like a piece away. And I think a lot of those teams are going to be almost capped out 
See, I think opposite. I think the Knicks and the Lakers, the teams that were linked to him in free agency might circle back to him at that cost. Yeah, but Um, then you're going to have to start giving up assets for a guy at that age. You know, like what the Heat aren't just going to trade him to trade him. Like, what are they going to get back? They're going to want picks and youth. And I don't think a team like New York or the Lakers, who's growing, is going to want to give up assets to get a 31-year-old point guard when they're not contending right away. You're making him sound really old when he's not. Like, the way... He's he's 31. Yeah, but the minute... He's, I, I think he's played two less seasons than a guy who's like an average thirty because of the minutes he didn't play early Your on. Your body, career. dude. It, he he plays he plays a very physical style. Like he's in the paint. Like yeah, he's a young thirty-one, but that guy goes in the paint a lot. That guy gets hit a lot. We've seen how physical he plays. So yeah, maybe he's has At less miles on. And thirty-one on a two-year deal is not going to be a huge thing. Because why would? But, uh, no, you're saying to trade him, right? So you're trading for two years. So for you're gonna a, a declining Goran Dragic, and you're gonna give up something of value for that when you're yeah. not gonna be contending. I don't think a team's gonna do that. I think the team's he's gonna one of, want he's him. One of the, he's one of the top point guards in the league. It's that, uh, not you know. anymore, dude. That was yeah, as still. my as, as my late grandfather said. This was like that's not a thing anymore. I'm gonna have to humbly disagree with you, and Man, I don't think what? it's gonna be. What? Well, he's the, a system let's, player. Let's only, I think let's in the right take, system. Let's take he, the second half of last season. What there showed you that he's a top fifteen point guard in the league. He's obviously a top fifteen. Name 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 fourteen. I'm not, not going to do the show. I have to now find a list of NBA point guards. No, but teams. I'm saying like you're listen. You're misjudging Goran a bit, is what I'm telling you. Like he is one of the top. He's he's definitely a top. I mean, he's, he's no different. 15, than Jeff I think he's, you know, like. He's, He's better than Teague. He's he is Jeff Teague, dude. Game six in Toronto. We wouldn't be bragging about Jeff Teague like if you had him. Like if Atlanta started bragging about Jeff Teague, you'd be making fun of him. Yo, like, no, Jeff, they're trying to get a pretty good young player for one year of Jeff Teague. So to say they have no Jeff value, is so much younger. And you can re-sign him with bird rights. Like if like I'd rather have Jeff Teague because that's a guy that's younger and he's more tradable and he's not expiring and all that that jazz. I just don't think Goran's as tradable as you guys make him seem. So obviously Mike Ryan has now hijacked this podcast and is now hosting. But the I podcast. like Goran. So Mike Ryan, thank you for trading. joining us here on the Heat Beat Podcast uh, for the second time. This is my yeah. least favorite host ever. Deuces. Also, Teague's turning yo. Teague's turning twenty nine in three days. So I'm not sure what Teague's you're turning twenty nine. Yeah. So I don't listen, Giancarlo. You 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 yell and you sound, but sometimes you just say things that are not. You know, I looked it up. I, I looked 29? it up. He's twenty seven. Yeah, oh wait, you're right. He's turning twenty eight. Oh, <laughs> But that's two years. That's that's a two yeah, year difference. That's a big deal. You guys have a budding rivalry. In case you guys don't already know that, you guys are always going at yeah. each other. He's all a the super, time. He's a supervillain. Can I be magic? He's an anime supervillain. Oh you're, yes. You were dance Robin. Can I be Lelouch. I want to be Lelouch. You can be Suzaku. All right, I'm signing out. Yeah, I don't know what that means. All right, he's turning 28. That's still you made him sound like he was much younger than Goran. And he, I'm sure their I'm sure their minutes are exactly the same in their NBA careers. No, but Jeff Teague was a guy that didn't play for a while at the beginning. If I am not mistaken, Goran played like 15 minutes a game for the first two or three seasons. All right, I don't want to argue about Goran anymore. I know I'm right on this topic. So started playing younger because he was playing in Europe at a younger age. Gianni, stop being racist. 
Yeah. Wait, wait, how am I being racist? I want Jeff T. Against white people. Okay. Yeah. Slovenia. You know, speaking of white people, I realized my white privilege traveling overseas at every airport, my brown sister was searched and I was not. Every time. It was hilarious. And disgusting. Yeah, it was, but it was mostly hilarious because she would just be getting checked for gunpowder and like other things and like they question her and you know, my ass is like listening to my podcast and I'm waving while she's getting questioned. So that was funny. 